So people will come to us and say, like, how can you get us in front of our target audience? And with public relations, we focus on brand awareness and organic. So we do a lot of media relations, meaning, meaning that we email journalists and writers and we say, hey, I know that you're the accessories editor of Vogue. I just started working with this amazing handbag company. The next time you're writing a story about laptop bags, you know, here's five different options that this company has. Let me know if you want more information. So it's very much where we pitch our clients to media. What's up, y'all? DeFoss back with another LT360 podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, as always, uh, but this one's a little closer, right? So this is, uh, <laughs> I guess, what you would call my future sister-in-law. This is Megan Harris. She is co-founder of The Tropical Agency. Um, super excited to have her on today. Uh, yes, we are mingling families, but we are uh, also super alike in the fact that she's an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm super excited to just have her on and talk about everything that she's experienced with her own business, uh, taking the leap of faith into business, being a mom uh, at the same time, being in South Florida, the 305, mm -hmm. and then obviously being the sister of my amazing girlfriend. So <laughs> uh, lots to talk about. Super excited. Megan, thank you for being here. Um, thank you, you so much today? for having me. I'm good. That was quite an intro. I guess that means you and my sister are going to get married. Boring. No, I think you covered <laughs> all the bases. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the goal, right? That's that's the plan. Um, nothing official yet, obviously. But, no, um, no, just the baby coming. Just the baby, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty official. That's pretty official. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always, like we talked about before, uh, I always like to just make sure everyone has an understanding of where the person that is coming onto the platform to talk is coming from, where, what they went through, um, who they are, and how that has all led them to where they are now. So you're obviously a couple years older than uh, Amy, right? You have uh, <laughs> only you two as siblings, right? I know your parents are great but they're not together so that obviously has played an effect on your life right you have uh you're married you have a daughter um you live in the 305 and you are a business owner so there's a there's a lot of things that like add up there's a lot of things that play a factor but you weren't always a business owner um and you kind of like took this on so i want to give people the backstory of kind of how you got there um so obviously you grew up in South Florida, right? That's um, right. And you left South Florida to go to Northern Florida for school, correct? Yeah, I haven't really left the state. So I, <laughs> yeah. I just went from South Florida to a college in Tallahassee, I went to Florida State, which is basically like where everybody who lives in Florida and wants to go out of state but can't, it's like the <laughs> farthest away you can go without fully being in another state. So I went to Florida State. I um, studied communications and journalism there. And then I moved to Miami Beach right out of college. I actually like was still in school. I had three months to go and I finished it with an internship in South Beach. And so I just, I kind of thought Miami Beach was a stopping point on my way to going somewhere else. But as you know, life can do so many crazy things. And I ended yeah. up staying and 
now I'm here and I, I sometimes wonder if I'm literally going to live here forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's not a bad place to live forever. No, it'd be fine. It'd be yeah. fine. Um, so what, obviously, uh, you and Amy lived close when you made that move to the Miami Beach. What, um, what drove you to come back down to Miami Beach, though? Was it like because you had communications uh, background and journalism and you wanted to just take that and you knew it's a densely populated area. What did, what drove your decision? That's a good question. And it's actually kind of funny. It's going to date me by saying this, <laughs> but it, it was all just like very random. I didn't know where I was going to go. I needed an internship before I graduated um, college and I hadn't done one. And it was like the middle of my spring semester, senior year. And I was looking online and I was just literally looking up when, when you do communications or television journalism, a lot of times there's this idea or expectation that you're going to be willing to move wherever if there's a job opportunity. That's why, you know, yeah. sometimes people, they major in news or, you know, they, you know, to become a news reporter and then they might get, you know, stationed in the middle of nowhere, you know, to work their way up. It's like something that you're willing to do. A lot of careers are like this, you know, putting your time in. So I was just sort of online looking around at internships and I actually found an internship on Craigslist. This was like when Craigslist was, I guess, still <laughs> somewhat legit. And I, um, there was somebody, there was a TV network. Was this network. before the Craigslist killer or after? This was like when you could like safely like find jobs, apartments, maybe even dates. So this was, I only found a job yeah, on yeah. Craigslist, <laughs> um, but it was a TV network in Miami Beach. I was looking for an internship. And so I thought, well, that would be cool. It's close enough to where I live, South Beach, you know, growing up here, who doesn't think Miami Beach is amazing? And so I came down, yeah. I interviewed for the internship and they literally hired me on the spot. And then I was like, okay, I guess I have to figure out how I'm actually going to be here now. <laughs> That's awesome. So that, and that just trickled into everything you internship where you like this is it I want to continue to do something in this this field and because a lot of people will just like you know work their way out or, or realize like I know I personally through internships realized I did not want to work with sports teams right <laughs> so that was like <laughs> I do not want to be here at all so um what you obviously ended up becoming pretty successful in the idea of like what you started to have for jobs and titles and, and who you got to be around. And, you know, obviously 305 has celebrities everywhere. Uh, so what did it look like after that first internship? Were you like, that's it, I'm stuck. I like this, I'm gonna continue to do this. I'm gonna go elsewhere. What, what did that look like? Well, I actually, I really enjoyed the company that I worked at. It was really fun and it was all in lifestyle and entertainment. So I, I was 21 and so I really wasn't sure. I was kind of just going with it and sort of just enjoying the moment and the job and living and, you know, feeling like I was, you know, right out of college. It's like this feeling of, you know, like limitless possibility, right? Like there's anything can happen. You're like finally the adult, you know, and, <laughs> and you're going to like figure it out. And so I definitely really leaned into that. And I was at this company for three and a half years. The company ended up, I had like a lot of real world experiences. The company ended up going out of business. They mm -hmm. laid everyone off. It was like a mass layoff. It happened all at once. There was like, you know, I, I was a smaller, mid-sized company. Mm -hmm. I think there was you know, maybe 50 people across all of the networks, you know, 50 or so, we all got laid off on a conference call. 
um, the day after Labor Day. I'll never forget. It was like the Tuesday after Labor Day. So everybody comes in and like we all get laid off at like 9 a.m. on a phone call. So it was very traumatic. Um, I know. But I that was really how I that was the first foray into like networking, um, really to build my career. And the things that I did after that were all from people that I had met at that first job and then just connecting with them and really putting myself out there. Like I lost my job. I don't know what else to do. I've been doing the same thing (laughs) since college. I don't even know what my other skills are. And um, (laughs) networking then led to other opportunities in media. And I kind of went like this. I still feel like I go like this in my (laughs) career, um, but have always kind of had the thread of communications there as well. Yeah. So let's let's ask you an interesting question what has been your favorite job in the world of media so far aside from right now right well no i wouldn't even say this was my favorite no this was like not cool like i was interviewing celebrities and i was 21 now i actually yeah. like work and have responsibility and it's scary um i i loved i loved my first job it was a lot of fun it was very like reporter um i it I did not make a lot of money. I worked a lot of crazy hours, but I was with a lot of young people. It was a startup. And so it felt really exciting. And we were all kind of working and building something together. So that Mm -hmm. was really cool. And then since then, being able to do other jobs with bigger networks, I work as a spokesperson. I do a lot in home shopping. I mean, that's pretty amazing too, because then you think about the potential for, you know, viewership or people that might be, you know, watching, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. you don't think about that. and, And then you think, wow, like, oh, I'm on a show where, millions of people could possibly see it like that's pretty exciting too so i feel as though i'm able to find something yeah what shows well right now i um i'm a spokesperson on the home shopping network so i do um a lot of like jewelry and watch segments for them and that's really what i've been doing um for the past few years since i started the tropical agency especially because this is my like real career and full-time job now and i can kind of use the television work and experience that i have in that job basically i just talk for a living no matter what i'm doing <laughs> just talk 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 um i hear you uh, as you can see so, yeah that you get yeah. me. <laughs> um i had a conversation uh that was i don't know two or three podcasts ago and we're like literally our job is to like talk to people while they exercise like just finding a way to create conversations stir something up say something absurd talk about how terrible or like exciting your life is and just make them feel like oh i can respond i can say something um that's that's a very valuable thing i mean as a trainer like i've worked with a trainer like i need you guys talking and distracting me the entire time and putting up with all the things that i'm saying so it's it's a very good skill no, it is. It and I I've acquired it. You know, I'm very quiet. I can be very passive and just kind of sit there and not say anything. Um I Well, that's be- good. Personally, it's good that you're like that to be in my family. <laughs> <laughs> Learning that quickly. I, <laughs> I can definitely just be a fly on the wall. Um but I've had to learn to be way more assertive as a result. So, let's on this topic, let's talk skill sets. So, being in the world of like interviewing celebrities um if we jump back there what are some of the uh skill sets that you found really hard to take on really hard to like cultivate 
and grow within yourself? And what are other ones that were immediately like present? You didn't have to worry about them. You knew you had, you know, charisma. Um, but what were other you kind of like cultivate or felt like you had more room to grow? Um, that's a great that's a great question because I think we always focus and it's good to focus on the positive, but I I would say that the thing that I needed to work on was being more thoughtful about when I would interview someone or would talk to someone. I'm pretty comfortable chatting with anyone, but you know, I think it's important if whether you're getting to know someone just personally or you're interviewing someone on a podcast or you're talking to a client, I think it's important to search for a connection and like figure out like what's really going to make an impact in somebody, especially if you're trying to get something out of them. And, you know, and, and I mean that in like an emotional connection and sort of way. So for me, it was learning how to <laughs> learning how to stay present in the moment without in my brain already being 10 steps ahead. Like, okay, well, I, I also want to make sure I talk about this and I want to talk about this. It was like really being present in the moment and thinking about what they were saying and what that meant to me and what I could say back rather than like having a checklist of, okay, I have to ask them five questions. It needs to be like this, 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 and this. Yeah. And that also probably just comes from like, if you're interviewing someone that you may look up to, or you did when you were younger, you also want to like walk away from that conversation and feel like, wow, like I was there. Like I remember mm -hmm. portions of it, not like uh, I've been plenty of times on a podcast and like, I know I have to fix something. And then I just like, what did that person say? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and it, unfortunately, you don't feel like you're there or you leave the conversation and you're like, uh, and I wish <laughs> I could have, you know, soaked that in more. I wish I could have just, you know, sat in that. So what, who were some of the, the, the big names that you interviewed or um, really enjoyed? Like, um, let's start with number one. Who were some of the biggest names you interviewed? Let's give like a top three. Oh and then God. I will go into an, another list of questions. <clears throat> okay. I just, this was a long time ago. So like, I don't want to, these, I mean, okay. these were people. Um, no, I mean, it was amazing. I, I definitely thought it was really cool. I mean, top three, it would be hard to say. I I was able to interview um, a lot of the like Victoria's Secret Angels, you know, Heidi Klum, Alessandra Ambrosio, Miranda Kerr. I mean, that's three right there. They were all beautiful and super <laughs> nice. A lot of musicians. So um, Diddy, Lenny Kravitz. I will say that, I mean, I, I got to interview all sorts of people, right? Not just like yeah. celebrities that came to Miami. Lots of really incredible authors and chefs and entrepreneurs, business owners, people that, you know, like are in all different kinds of industries. And yeah. what was interesting is, and this is something that probably seems somewhat common knowledge. It's like, I found a lot of times like the bigger the star or like the more the bigger their name, the nicer and more humble they actually were. Whereas, you know, I, I interviewed um, like reality TV stars when they would come to Miami and they were like very rude or they could yeah. be like a little bit more pushy. And I would think like I literally just interviewed a Grammy award winner and like <laughs> they were so nice and chill and like. I've not even seen your show. And so it just, <laughs> I think it was, but it also was like very important and was the kind of thing where you see like, wow, it actually makes me respect somebody who is such a luminary and so well-known even more when like they could technically be a jerk and instead they're a really nice down to earth person that just mm -hmm. doesn't even see themselves like that, sees them like every, themselves like everyone else. 
who are uh if you had to give like one or two people that really surprised you in terms of like how down to earth they were um would you be able to give one or two names yeah i mean i would say like heidi klum obviously okay. like when i was when i was interviewing her i was like practically shaking <laughs> and i was like oh my god oh my god I'm like, you know what i mean like that was incredible and um trying to think this is a good question I haven't thought about these are my golden days. I haven't thought yeah. about my golden days <laughs> in a while. Um, honestly, I would say Diddy. He was great. He was super really nice. Awesome. Yeah, very chill. I mean, he 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 also lived in Miami, so he would be around a lot. And you know, this was a this was in 2008 to 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. So this was a while ago. And so like, yeah, you know, I was, was like five years old. You so. were like barely born, <laughs> and the rest of us were working out of college. <laughs> <laughs> So the family joke at the Harris holidays is now that me and Kaya, Megan's daughter, the are the are the closest in age. So I'm technically at the kids' table, um, <laughs> even though I'm about to have a kid. So you're still gonna be there. You're still gonna be there. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'll just be us three. It'll just be us three. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, well, let's let's dive back into uh, why do you think communications and all those things spoke to you the most? Like I know, um, you know, your dad, right? So I know Bruce has, <laughs> has been in the world of sales for <laughs> forever and uh, feels like he could uh, sell ketchup to a lady in white gloves, as mm -hmm. as Amy would say. Um, do you feel like that played a part in just how you grew up and how you felt comfortable communicating and talking to people and like? wanted to go into that or or what brought you to journalism and communications in, in general oh absolutely i would say definitely um being raised in a household where everybody talked a lot we were very open about our thoughts and our feelings whether that was good or bad we were a very communicative family we're not a family that um hides things if we're not happy with you we'll let you know pretty much in the moment and then we'll kind of just resolve it and move on <laughs> So I definitely um, have a gregarious personality, probably just from seeing my parents and seeing how they were with people, even when we were out, you know, speaking to, you know, somebody in a checkout line or saying hi to somebody sitting next to them at a, you know, on the airplane or at a restaurant. Definitely that. And honestly, I always kind of knew I wanted to work in television. I loved reading and writing. I did a lot of theater and acting growing up. So it was the place that I felt most comfortable and I, I really wasn't um, sure what I was going to do. And, and I was fortunate enough to go to Florida State University has a, an awesome school of communications. So I kind of it just sort of felt like that was what I was meant to do. But I will say that the opportunity that I had could have gone in a very different direction had it not been for, you know, taking a chance on something on a Craigslist you know job posting <laughs> yeah. because I, I i was very lucky like i don't um i don't say that it was all because of oh i was so smart and top of my class and did this and that like a lot of it was just like the right place at the right time and feeling like wow this was an amazing opportunity which was a lesson that i had to learn later when finding jobs and being happy in a career and kind of doing that sort of reverse. Like I didn't do soul searching to then find a great career. I had a really great first job out of college. And then kind of after that had to sort of do some soul searching and figure out what else I wanted to do when that was over. So I had to like reverse engineer it. That makes sense. Um, 
That's interesting how you put that. I like that. So obviously you, your experience is finding that career. You got to see um, the lowest of the low in Miami, right? Uh, you got to see a lot. And then at the same time, you're in this melting pot of cultures. So did, uh, did that, like, do you, if you look back now, does that play a big factor in like, oh, I need to do some soul searching, like you having that realization? Because I would feel like I, I definitely know moving down here, um, just like broaden my horizons so much. Like I grew up in the Northeast in, you know, I grew up in a diverse area and I was a minority in a lot of ways going to school and stuff. But then coming down here, it's, it's a different world, right? There's like there's a small little nugget of melting pot you know, and that's where I was. And then there's South Florida and it's two different worlds. So did that, did that soul searching, just that realization come from anything in specific or were you just like, huh, I'm here, but like, is this everything that I have to offer? Cause I've seen so much. So how did that play out? I'm kind of interested. I don't know if you have any insight on that or not. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love living in a place that is so diverse and that is based on not just like, you know, like someone's ethnicity, but also like different socioeconomic statuses, different age ranges, different kinds of people in general. I think that for me personally, and the kind of life I want and like the family that I want to raise, I we're very open-minded. So I love being somewhere that is, you know, got so much going on, a melting pot, both people and activities and opportunity. Like I do feel mm -hmm. as though I'm fortunate to have been in a place like that and continue to be in a place like this. But for me, it was really a matter of the soul searching, I feel like came from, you know, I really always wanted to feel proud of what I was doing and feel like I really enjoyed what I was doing and that I was adding value to a job. And even though it's silly and say like, oh, I work in, I worked in TV or I, I sell things on TV, you know, like a lot of us like watch television or, you know, social media, like as an escape, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to turn my mind off and I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to listen to a podcast in the background while I'm exercising. You know, I like the idea of like being a part of someone's entertainment or someone's relaxation. And so that to me was like adding value. So then when I was thinking about other jobs that I wanted to do, I, I thought like, what could I do that would really feel like impactful for people that they would really appreciate the results that I would get them or, or the work that I could do and also stay within all of the skills that I have. Like I'm, I'm not really, I don't think very analytically. I'm not incredible on a computer. I don't know. How, I know how to talk to people. I know how to sell and I know how to interview and ask questions and write stuff. So that was really what kind of jobs could I do within that sort of skill set that I would still feel like, oh, it was fun. I enjoyed what I did. And so that's kind of, you know, I, I worked at a sales office for an ad agency. I um, worked at a, a an e-commerce company and did some stuff on television for them. And then a few years ago was when I got into public relations which um, I never thought that I would be a part of. I took one public relations class in college and that was that. Um, and now here I am all these years later and I full-time now work as a co-owner of a public relations agency. So it's like, I went like this to now get back here. <laughs> yeah, you literally snaked all the way through. So let's talk about um, the tropical agency. So in terms of 
PR um, and and what you're doing. Um, what kind of companies do you seek out? Or actually, let's just start from the beginning. What what made the tropical agency come to life? So this is um, great because the tropical agency came to life because I met a girl, my my business partner and one of my closest friends, Stacy, at the a PR agency. We we became friends just being colleagues somewhere else, and we became very close. And you know, we we kind of got this idea of it was really her idea of what if we went off and did it on our own? And I was very risk averse to that. You know, I've always been very comfortable with structure and knowing my my jobs and my salary and what I'm doing and my success and all of that. Like I, I do, I like something that's more of a straight line. Even though I've gone like this, I've always sought out the straight line. Mm -hmm. And I was really not into it. I, I didn't know. And she was really, she's very brave. And she was like, why not? What's the worst that could happen? And I'm like, well, I'll tell you a million things that are bad <laughs> that could happen. And yeah. she's the person that believes the good things that could happen. And my husband's similar to that. And I'm, I'm just not like that. And I guess that's why I appreciated it so much is because if I had met someone just like me, I wouldn't be here talking to you about it. But because I met someone that said like, you don't have to jump off a cliff by yourself. We can do it together. And like, what if like it's not a cliff you know like what if, what if there's this amazing opportunity what if we can keep flying on and so we did and i was definitely really nervous and it was scary and it was the best thing ever and i literally tell her all the time when it's good times and bad times like i'm so lucky that we met and became friends and that you you forced me to quit my job because it was the best thing that we ever did so how long have you guys been doing it now so we have been working as the tropical agency since September of 2019. So a little over three years now. Literally right before the world shut down. Insane. Like we we started a company and then six months into it, the whole world shuts down. We have to leave our office. You know, we, we had rented an office in a WeWork and we couldn't go back to that anymore. We had clients, we were working with hospitality clients that all of a sudden, like it was a few fitness centers and some restaurants and stuff that we worked with. Everybody had to close their doors. So it was like all of a sudden, all of our clients who that we had worked so hard to build up and get and just sign contracts with and the ball's like slowly rolling. It's like everybody had to just stop. And we we let our clients, we, we allowed our clients to cancel contracts and things like that, which was something that it, it did come back to really it like be a benefit to us because the most important thing, again, going back to adding value was that we didn't want when it was so uncertain, the world and business and everybody's worried about stuff professionally and personally, we didn't want to be a PR agency that was like charging our client for work. And like, they weren't sure they were going to stay in business. So we like six months after starting kind of just said, okay, let's start all over again and, and figure it out. And it ended up being the best thing we could have done because we met a client who we did a project with her and a, and a company that she had, and she introduced us to her brother, who was a uh, co-founder, who was founding a um, like a startup in CPG, so consumer packaged goods. He was starting a new like a, a snack product, and she said, "Hey, my brother's got this awesome company. Like he's looking for PR." We met him. We were doing everything virtually. We met him on a Zoom, 
and we started working with him and he was really like, it started a snowball of, we had a great relationship and success with him that now three years later, we are working with all early and mid-stage startups, a lot of CPGs, but all different sorts of products, fashion, food, beverage, anything kind of lifestyle and wellness. That's really mm -hmm. our niche. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. That's awesome. Love that. And, and Amy is very much the same way as you, like, uh, you know, obviously I have this and basically I'm self-employed for the most part. And she has that, like, rightfully so she did her own thing that was so unstable for a long time too. Um, and now she's gotten <laughs> to a place where she has that. So she's, so she, so she's definitely like, Oh gosh, like, you know, I'm going to start a family with this guy and he's <laughs> doesn't have like a set income. No one's paying. <laughs> no one's but paying. I Yes, I, it's scary. It's scary yeah. to think about that. But as you know, and as I learned, and this could be for anybody listening who is someone that was like me and super risk averse, it it was scary. Yeah, for sure. But all I ever did was always think about like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? What am I going to do? And I never contemplated what if it actually does work out? Yeah. What if it's like a great thing that happens? And I allowed fear to stand in the way of a lot of things. And I met someone who was like, let's be brave together because she wasn't <laughs> afraid and yeah. it was great. And so it's like, you know, if I could say anything, if I could even go back to myself five, 10 years ago, it would be like, don't focus so much on what could go wrong. Something can go wrong at any time in anything. That's just life, right? Mm -hmm. But things tend to work out more than we think they will. And once you kind of had a taste of that, it's like, wow, okay, I see now why people like you are entrepreneurs and hustlers and doing their own thing. I mean, at this point, I'm totally unemployable because I could never go back to working for someone again. Like, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it has you, to work. <laughs> you can't sign me up for nine to five. No, I'm yeah. not going to be able to get no, a job. No, I get it. I'm the same way. I didn't even work. Yeah, I didn't even work in <laughs> regular jobs. And I, I'm yeah, still I don't like, have no, a resume. Not... I don't have a resume. I cannot work for anyone else. <laughs> I literally don't don't have a resume. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, it's interesting. So what uh, what exactly, you know, obviously you're co-founder, co-owner. So what are more of your responsibilities um, for the tropical agency? Are you seeking out the talent and, you know, the, the possible startup companies? Or are you more so once they're in the door that you're managing the relationship? You know? So yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So how we, how we structure it at our company is, um, and we, we do have a, we have an amazing full-time employee. Our account director, Christia is awesome. And we work with some freelancers and stuff like we'll bring different people in, but we, we really structure it. It's, it's kind of funny being, um, in with my business partner because we are so different. And I think that's why it works. You know, a lot of times people would say like, don't go into business with a friend or don't go into business with like a spouse or a family member. I think because we are so different, there's this sort of like natural division of responsibilities. My, my partner is incredible at our work. She is so talented. She's very results driven. Like we have clients, like if there's a challenge and we need you know, to, to get a client win, like I can always, we can always count on her. Like she's really, really good. I, I kind of always joke that like, I'm good at like 
having a business and she's good at actually making a business be successful because of her results. But I would say that for the most part, we, we do tend to split a lot of, a lot of the responsibilities. She handles more of like the operations stuff with gotcha. uh, contracts and, and billing. She does like, if there, we, we joke that she's the IT person, you know, like, which means she's just better at like Googling something, but she is, she does think more analytically. So she's very good at that. I do a lot of the, the writing and the proofreading and, and the copy editing and stuff for our clients. Cool. So are you, um, from that perspective, you are telling them what they need Basically, are you doing an analysis of what their um, marketing scheme looks like and then like revamping it? Or are you more on the receiving end of what they want and this is how we're going to do it? <clears throat> it's, it is a bit of both. I would say that really what we do is we have companies, whether they're startups, they, they recently launched or they haven't even launched yet, they'll come to us and they'll say, we need brand awareness. We need people to buy our products. We need people to go to Amazon and buy our product there or, you know, go to our website. We want people to know that we just launched a new flavor of a, our, our drink or that we've got a new skincare product coming out or a new handbag collection. So people will come to us and say, like, how can you get us in front of our target audience? And with public relations, we focus on brand awareness and organic. So we do a lot of media relations, meaning, meaning that we email journalists and writers and we say, hey, I know that you're the accessories editor of Vogue. I just started working with this amazing handbag company. The next time you're writing a story about laptop bags, you know, here's five different options that this company has. Let me know if you want more information. So it's very much where we pitch our clients to media. And media are when you, let's say you're going to buy a gift for my sister and maybe you Google like, you know, 10 best gifts for my girlfriend for Christmas or, you know, five new sneakers for girls that go to the gym, whatever. And you, you see these articles, there are products that you see in these articles. There are PR people behind those products working gotcha. with the writer to cover their products and review it. So we really consider ourselves salespeople. So mm -hmm. we're really like the front line of, getting a product into media's hands to write about it and review it so that consumers read about it and then are saying, hey, that does sound like an amazing handbag or shoe or, you know, soft drink. I would love to learn more about it. I'd love to buy it. And then that's kind of how it works in public relations. I mean, so much of what we see out there is because there's good PR and marketing behind it. That makes sense. So, uh, if you know we translated it to fitness or something it might be um <clears throat> like 10 best pieces of fitness equipment for your home gym exactly and you would be you know maybe reaching out to men's health and it's exactly what i would do it's exactly gotcha. what we do is and that's what's so fun about it is like you get to be really creative and we get mm -hmm. to come up with different themes and different topics, you know, because we work with startups, we work with a lot of young people, a lot of creative people who are scrappy and they're flexible and they've got an amazing product or brand and they're focused on creating that and making it the absolute best version. Then they don't know how to get it in front of everyone. You know, just like I couldn't invent what they do. 
they don't have the skill set necessarily, or it's very time consuming. It's a full time mm -hmm. job, as you know. So yes, like we would, we do work with a lot of like fitness editors because we have a lot of health and wellness products. So you know, when you see like ten snacks to pack on your next road trip, all of those snack products likely have PR teams behind them that sent the journalist a sample of the product. The journalist either liked it or didn't liked it and then wrote a review and included them in their next story. So would you be writing the uh, the actual content that might go into like a, a one page magazine write up or is that something that the company itself created the product writing or is it something that the 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 actual reporter or the person that's on the magazine side is writing which which of the three writes the actual content it depends it varies sometimes companies will come to us and say like hey we're ready to go here's some information about the product and then we put it into our own language that we would then send to a journalist then they would read it and they would write about it you know in their own language so mm -hmm. but then other times we 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 work with a client right now and we're totally revamping like all of their brand copy and everything that's going to be used in their marketing materials and website because they're starting at a different level. So it really depends, but we consider ourselves salespeople for products and, and for brands, we're storytellers. You're telling me about your brand and then I'm going to be your messenger out yeah. into the world to share that with people and to say it in a way that's going to make them want to learn more. What percentage of your business and your income is referral based and what percentage of it are you seeking? Like, are you going to actually find these products and maybe suggest that that's, they need? That's a great, that's a help? great question. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, we would be nothing without referrals. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been, it's, it's, it's the best, thing as you referral. know, as you know, in your business too, somebody likes you and then they talk about you to other people. And the next time somebody needs you, they're going to think of you or they're going to reach out to that friend, much like what you do, Dylan. We always say like, we're a luxury service, right? Like <laughs> you need it. Not if yeah. you're a business, right? Not everybody can afford it and that's okay. And you can hack it on your own. But just like if somebody starts exercising with a trainer, it's like, holy cow, now my fitness, my nutrition, everything is on another level because I have a professional that's doing it with me. It's similar with outsourcing PR and marketing. So I would say that a lot of what we have currently, I would maybe, I would say about 50 to 60% is probably clients that have been with us almost from the beginning, or at least, you know, the past year and a half to two years, and we're only three years old. And we also invest in digital marketing. It's another thing even PR agencies do is we have to do PR and marketing for ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, you have to, you have to, how's anybody going to know about yeah. you? So we do um, digital marketing and, and Google ads. We actually hire someone to do it because we can't, we're, we're not the experts in that. So we, we work with someone that does that. And that's been amazing too. That's awesome. So it, it just, it goes to show and everybody, can come up with it, but somebody's got to be the one that shares it, right? I'm a firm believer, though, that you, if you can get in front of the person, right? Like if I can talk to a future client or a potential client, I know that I can close that better than anybody else could tell 
them about my services or what I do or show them. But it's interesting because on a larger scale, you have to get in front of that person in the first place. Um, and if you want to make money while you sleep, which is the goal for everybody, right? <laughs> Especially as an entrepreneur, like you don't want to just continue to trade your time for money. Um, otherwise, you don't have a life, you don't have a family, um, or at least you don't get to spend time with them. So on a bigger scale, the goal is to get yourself in front of multiple people or you know, multiple potential customers or have a product that's, you know, basically being talked about, you know, in a different state while you're having another conversation and there's, you know, different things going on all at the same time and you don't have to be there at the same time. So, um, I mean, it, it's, it's awesome what you do because with a lot of it, you know, it doesn't matter what you know, it, it, it matters and how many people you can influence with that. So um, it's awesome that you have the ability, especially uh, the groups and the products that you work with have a lot to do with health, wellness, fitness, um, nutrition. Um, so you're, you are in a sense like making the world a better place, right? You're recommending and making sure that people who are looking for healthy snacks on a road trip are getting that, or at least have a source of um, reliable you know, snacks when they go, right? Uh, yeah, I like I like to think about it like that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, you you said earlier, right? You wanted to make a difference. You wanted to feel like your job and what you were doing has uh, a positive repercussion on you know the people around you or the people you're working with. Um, it's fulfilling, and you're proud of it. Clearly, right? You're like, I'm never getting a job again. <laughs> no, so, <I> can't. Um, <laughs> what are yeah, yeah. So what are some of the favorite, uh, your favorite product um, that you work with, if you're able to divulge that information? I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about I'll talk about anything. I will say that it's much like picking, you know, like a favorite child or something, which apparently you can't do. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> it's hard to say. I you I will say one, that so right. Yeah, I only have one, so I can tell you my favorite child. I I will say, and 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 I'm not just. This is is truth. Um, you know, with with Stacy and I when we started our company, the biggest thing that we wanted, like the biggest thing, was we just wanted to work with people that we would enjoy working with, because mm -hmm. you know it's hard. Like every job, it it can be really hard. Like any sort of contracted worker outsourced agency you know you can be you're the first ones to go i mean that's what we saw with with covid right when we started our company and yeah. stuff you know we were the first people that that get expended um so we always thought that like at the end of the day if we worked with people that we genuinely liked and would be friends with and thought that they had a cool product then like that would be enough for us so i will say that it's been great getting to work with so many founders and so many people because you see that there's just so many ideas out there. And, and for me, being someone that was so risk averse to now have a career where I work with people that like are dumping life savings into what they do. They, you know, live in a house with six, seven roommates because, you know, all their money is going to this. They're doing their side, you know, their side hustle is their business. And then they've got a regular nine to five, like these people that are just doing anything they can to like, have a dream and make their vision a reality and create their own company. And it's so inspiring to me because I was so afraid to do this. 
And now it's like, I work with people mm-hmm. that are doing it and I'm their hype person. Like, hell yeah, we're going to crush yeah, yeah. it. Like you made the right decision, quitting your job <laughs> and go and putting your entire savings into this company. And we're going to blow it up for you. Like we're going to do that. And like, I was so afraid of that for so long. And then like, I met a hype person that was like, no, let's do it. (laughs) So for me, it's like, it's not even a a favorite client or brand. I mean, I love when we get to work on food because I'm a foodie, I'm very into health and wellness. So I love like healthy snacks and healthy alternatives for stuff. Like that's obviously something I'm really into because you can just try a lot of fun, different brands and stuff Mm -hmm. that way. But more than that, it's just like my favorite thing about the clients and the people that we work with is that everyone is so brave and is really like putting their whole heart out there into pursuing their dream. And now that I can see how, if you're just brave enough to take that first step and do it, how rewarding it can be. I like love that I'm around all of these people that are doing it. It's like, oh my God, like I'm now with the people, like all these brave people that like are kind of like who Stacy was to me and motivated me. Yeah. And then it, it's, it's invigorating. Um, yeah. I know that when I, I know a big part of why I love to do the podcast is I get to talk to people who are like out there just crushing whatever they're doing. And, um, you know, everyone that I've ever had on, can tell you like for the most part we'll we'll go through a portion of the podcast where like they were in that situation like I you know last guy was sleeping on an air mattress in uh, a college dorm room like just trying to finish his last couple semesters of college working all the time going to school sleeping on his friend's floor on an air mattress and then like now he's got two different businesses you know and it's like you know, everyone has gone through something, has transitioned, has uh, gotten laid off and then just gotten back up and like kept the ball rolling. Um, and every time you hear about somebody actually going through that process and then getting to where they are now, everyone just sees where you are now. Right. And yep. I think that's the biggest portion of um, what you're feeling is like you get to see the whole process. You get to see someone who comes to you and is like, I have this idea and I have no idea what to do with it. I don't know how to tell people, like, can you help me? And then you see them probably in eight to 12 months and you're like, here we are. Like you just made your first, you know, $10,000 in sales. Uh, and you experienced that, right? Like you got that. I'm, I can imagine yeah. when you got that first, when you got that Oh my that God, we were contract. like, we were like, oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. wow, like this is it. And like, and that's the thing is, and it just takes one and, and, and there are still times now, I mean, we're only, we're, we're a startup. So we're very young. We're as young, sometimes younger than some of the clients that we work with, you know? And mm-hmm. so we're still very much in startup mode and we have times, you know, where times of the year, it's hard for everyone where it feels scary. And then like the doubt starts to creep back in and it's like, yes. oh my God, did I do the right thing? Like mm-hmm. what's going to happen now? You know, when, when Stacy and I went back to the agency that we had we had worked at that we quit, we we left on very good terms with them. We went back to the founder of the agency, and we just really look up to him. And he's so smart and very successful. And we had met with him, and he was very excited. You know, we were giving kind of like a here. We, I think we had been gone a few months, and we like touched base with him. 
and he, you know, like drew, we went in his office and he was like drawing on his like whiteboard. And he's like, this is what everybody thinks it's going to be. And he draws a straight line and he's like, and this is what it's going to be. And he's like squiggling everywhere. And it's so true. And so it's like, you know, we're, we're just riding a roller coaster just like everyone else. And as time goes on, you know, you kind of with experience tend to learn like, okay, the whole world is not going to fall apart today. You're going to be fine. And, and that sort of challenge also drives me to keep working, you know? So it's kind of like that fear that I'm over. I still do let it fuel me a little bit of like, okay, I have to keep this moving. Cause I, yeah, I can't, I'm unemployable. I cannot go back to another job. <laughs> I refuse to no. not make this work. Um, <laughs> That's, I honestly say that to myself all the time, though. Like, I refuse to not make this work. I'm yeah, going to find a way. I'm going to make sure. Um, and and just because you're younger than some of the companies, all right, age doesn't matter, all right? So, um, I, you know, the, the idea of, um, you know, not having an understanding of <clears throat> what's next and, like, how you're going to make it through the, you know, maybe June and July and August are probably like slower months for you, I would imagine. Yeah. So just like they are for me, we're everybody in Boca's in Italy. So like, <laughs> I think everybody in the world was in Italy this year. Okay. It was like all of yeah. Instagram and now we have to watch the white Lotus and everybody's in Italy yeah. there. It's like enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm done with it. Um, but yeah, when you have those slower months, um, the the creep of doubt like slowly presents itself and uh when you're in those times um do you reflect on the past and like how you've gotten over those hurdles do you envision the future and like yourself getting over that hurdle or like what's to come how do you deal with that because i know everyone has a different kind of like you know way to to get over over there. and I'm still I'm still learning mine as, I, as my business is growing and getting bigger and better in some ways and then in other ways it's like I don't even know what to do with this like how do you how do you get over that that creep of doubt what what works for you so it's funny um I I actually was just talking on a grander scale than this I was talking um uh, to my my therapist about this the other day shout out to everybody that's in therapy I think it's amazing yeah. um yeah. I was talking to my therapist about this and like you know having anxiety or having like an intrusive thought like what you're saying like the the creep of doubt or like what's going to happen and typically what I always do is um I always try and replace things with logic right like I'll say Okay, I'll I'll look back and say, all right, summer was slower last year. Summer is yeah. slower everywhere. All of Instagram is on Italy. Like it's fine. You remember when last year in the Q4 things were super busy and you were like, oh my God, I need it to slow down. So I, I try to do that. But I just learned this really, really? cool tool, yeah. or for me, what I'm gonna be using. And my therapist said, Okay, you can allow yourself nice. you can allow yourself 15 seconds of negative talk and negative thoughts and then you have to do immediately following 75 seconds of positive talk and positive thoughts and affirmations so it's like i i don't want to just act like the negative stuff isn't there or that it's not at all possible but yeah. i need to like times five replace that after with 
the same sort of positive thoughts. And so I've been doing that. And what's funny enough is 75 seconds feels like forever. So by the time I like halfway through that, I'm focused on the timer so much. I'm not thinking positive or negative. So it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> no, that's actually a great trick. I like that one. Um, and, and on that same topic, you, you said you like health and wellness. Do you immediately notice a difference um, when you aren't necessarily eating well, or maybe you're just, you know, sleeping well, or you didn't work out that day, you didn't um, go to Legree, or you didn't go to, what else, what's the other one you do? I um, go to Boonda. Forget. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> um, so what, what factors do exercise, nutrition, and sleep play for you um, in terms of, because like, it's easy to like, go to a nine to five job sometimes. And if you're just sitting at a desk, you're just like, yeah, whatever. And you just like, you get through the day, I'm getting paid regardless. But like, as a business owner, you know, you have to show up and you have to be the best and like, you can do, you want to show up and be the best person you can be for your clients or like, for yourself, right? Um, <clears throat> so how does that impact you? Do you notice a difference? Um, talk on that if you can. Yeah, of course. Um, I think like a lot of people, I notice um, immediately, like if I'm not sleeping, and this will be a great thing that you and my sister will learn. I, you know, I know everybody says, oh, you'll, you know, you wait till you have a baby and you're exhausted. Um, but it does get better, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that I, I'm definitely sensitive to not having enough sleep, but I do love exercise and I, I, I genuinely enjoy working out. I genuinely enjoy the, the time for myself where I'm not thinking about anything else, but you know what I'm doing and how hard it is or how much it burns or how tired I am or, or whatever in the moment. So I, I love exercise for that. I can definitely feel when I've not exercised for a few days or whatever. I have tried a lot and I've worked really hard to not be upset with myself. If I don't make a workout, I um, used to look at things like taking a walk or like doing a, an easy yoga class as being like kind of a throwaway. And now like I try to look more just being proud. Like if I got up from my desk and I took a walk or I stretched or I did something but I um I definitely love exercise for just truly like the getting away and, and kind of getting out of my own head and just focusing on something. And like anyone, you know, I notice almost immediately, like if I'm not eating right, you know, am I tired? Am I not feeling as good? Do I feel sluggish? Do I see it in my skin? And, and is it impacting my sleep? So of course, like with age, I'm 35 years old. I definitely now I'm not who I was when I was interviewing celebrities that I was probably <laughs> going out all night and then like, you know, eating a falafel pita at 3am and then like going to work at 7am. And I don't even think I exercised then, you know, like I've had to um, keep up with <laughs> keep up with life. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I didn't I had like a very small stint of that, but that was in college. Like I got over that so quickly. Um, so it didn't impact like, I guess, like day to day work life for me. It's never really been I've never had to I've never had to endure that. The the closest thing I'm thinking it's going to mess me up is <laughs> is the baby and like not sleeping at <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um, fair. That's a pretty, it's a pretty life altering yeah. thing for everyone, you know? So, I mean, it is, it's, it's incredible, but yeah, I mean, it's, 
you're a completely different person after, but then you do, you will sleep again. I remember in the beginning, a friend from college commented on one of my like social media posts or something. And I had said something like, Oh, will I ever sleep again? And she was Mm -hmm. like, yes, you will. You'll always be tired, but you will sleep again. (laughs) (laughs) He was right. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out she was right. Um, what are uh, what are your goals for the the tropical agency? Are you guys try, trying to grow? Um, if you had to give like a, a two year or three year and then a five year goal, um, where where are you trying to go? How are you trying to to move forward? <clears throat> I would say that um, you know we're continuing to like polish our services and hone our services. We're a team right now three full-time employees, I would say in the next 18 months, 18 to 24 months, would love to have um, one more full-time employee, let's say. So that would possibly mean maybe increasing our current client base by maybe, you know, 25 to 30%, getting a few extra clients in there ongoing. Five years from now, I mean, Honestly, we think more about like the bigger brands, you know, I'd love to always want to work with startups, but, you know, start to get our foot in the door more with maybe some more midsize and large scale established brands, um, maybe some publicly traded companies. So that's sort of what we're aiming for, like goal wise, of course, every day and every client we have, we really do celebrate because we are still in startup mode. You know, that's why we love to work with other startup founders and and small companies because it's like, we're all in this together and we have the same kind of goals, but even just in the past, you know, uh, year over year, you know, we're, we're, we're doubling, you know, our, our client revenue and everything. So we're, we're very fortunate to be able to do what we do. And we try not to take that for granted. I, I genuinely think every day about how lucky I feel that I get to do something that I really enjoy with people yeah. that I, I really like and, and they're appreciative of the work and we're appreciative of them taking a chance on us and, and our business too. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare to be in that situation, like what you do, like the people you do it with and have potential for growth, um, which is awesome. So yeah, you know, I mean, it's not without, it's not without its hardness. You know, I don't want to, no, 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 no. I don't want to only paint a rosy picture. It's stressful. It's scary <laughs> when you have a when you have a full-time employee and, and you have a business, you have people that are counting on you. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the kind of thing that like, if, if the world falls apart, oh, well, I guess it's just me and Stacy will figure it out again. No, we have employees. We have people that depend on us. Like I depended on, on jobs and employees that want to grow. And so it can be very humbling too, because it's like, wow, it's not just like, oh, I have this silly little company. It's like, no, we're, we have a legit business. You know, it's like, sometimes I fight the imposter impact and the imposter effect of like, wow, I'm really doing this. Like, do I deserve yeah. this? Like, I cannot believe I'm an adult doing this, you know? Yeah. Like someone's, someone's giving me money. Right. Like who is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who is actually <laughs> trusting us? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. No, I definitely have. I've definitely felt that before. I'm like, this person is like, you know, uh, really <laughs> has done things in the world of business um specifically in beverage um distribution and packaging and he's made an absolute fortune and he is now uh a startup he's the owner of a startup um water company jovi which you might have seen um mm-hmm. and sometimes you know he 
he at, he comes to me and asks me all the time about like you know the science of this and he's asking me questions about like what do I think looks best or you know like he was asking me like packaging like what which what you know what bottle do you think looks better like and he's coming to me with questions that like do I have a lot of weight in my put like is my opinion gonna pull a lot on what they decide no but uh just to think that like sometimes he comes to me with these these questions and he wants to put this like you know new technology in his house that costs like 30 grand or something what do you think about it should i do it should i not i'm like mind-boggling at first that he's even like you know acknowledging my opinion or asking for it or caring what i have to say um so i've definitely been there before i know that and that's obviously one example but it's it's the same feeling when you get that first big you know uh that that first big like contractor check and you're like all right here we go like i now you know the money's here now i gotta work now i got i have to do something with it um so that's awesome um is is there any do you see any way that i can help like obviously i have an understanding of the nutrition world and like the fitness world and i'm always trying to find something new new piece of equipment a new um sort of product that can help with nutrition and do you see any way that i can help um i mean in general just like putting you in front of products or, or companies or brands or, or seeking them out or i don't know do you have any is there any crossover there is yeah introduce me to your client that's got this packaging <laughs> okay. there you go <laughs> no i appreciate that <laughs> no i i appreciate that i think um i think more than anything it's just you know, I, I love to connect and, and meet with other people who are in the same situations and scenarios that you and I are in that are, are doing their own thing that are, you know, having their own businesses and starting families, having, you know, having families and trying to balance all of that. I think that it's really cool to, to meet with other people and to chat with other people who have been or who are going through the same thing as us. Cause sometimes like founder journeys can be, even if you have a partner, it can be very lonely in yourself. Um, you know, the worry, you know, especially if you have a spouse or a partner or family members who don't necessarily do their, do their own thing and they have more of a straight line. Um, so yeah, I, I would say just introducing anybody that you can think of. I'm always happy. I love connecting with other people. So anybody that wants to, that listens to this and wants to reach out, like I would, I would love to chat. <laughs> so I definitely have, I'll, I'll, I'll try to think of some ideas. Um, I mean, I'll, we're going to be family, so I'm not. Yeah, no, 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 I know <laughs> that, but, but in the, in like, in the immediate, like things are coming to my head. Um, so we can talk about that after and like we will see each other on Saturday so <laughs> we can talk more about it um and speaking of Saturday right we're going out with the family and, and that's and right Kaya um how do you balance and and how do you find and it's obviously never perfect but like what are some things that you've really learned as having an 18 your you know month old and and having a business that's like just barely twice the age right of, of her right so you have like two babies um yeah how do you how do you find that balance how do you work around the obviously that's the beauty of having your own business but um you still have to create structure in your own life 
So how do you do that? What have you found helpful? Um, well, for me, oh, it's always been whether um, be even before my daughter was born was just trying as much as possible to stick to like normal working hours and having mm -hmm. that kind of structure and having my day because I do work from home. So there are some mm -hmm. days where like, it's, let's say it's a day a rest day and I'm not exercising or I don't need to run any errands. You know, it's it, sometimes it's like, wow, I feel like I've never left the house all day. I haven't seen other people other than, you know, my immediate family. So I always try to structure my day. So it's like, I, I don't sleep in, I, I get up, I sit at the computer starting in the morning at nine, nine thirty, just like everybody else who would be working how those are the hours that I kept when I was at, you know, a big corporate agency working throughout that time, I would say like trying to keep as much of a normal schedule as possible has mm -hmm. been helpful for me with balancing. And then also just like realizing that I can't do it all. And there are certain things that are not life-saving. And so you can put them to the side if it's your job, but also being okay sometimes with having to prioritize a job over your child. I, I remind mm -hmm. myself that the job that I have and the work that I do makes a living that helps my family and is helpful mm -hmm. for my daughter and giving her the life that I want her to have. So, you know, I, I try not to feel bad. I think there's a lot of guilt and shame, especially for women when we have babies and we go back to work or, or there's an expectation sometimes that like the woman won't go back to work and just the man will. And like, we have to stay home with the child. And that can be really difficult because I will say it is personally, I give stay at home moms a lot of credit it is incredibly challenging to take care of a child it is arguably harder to take care of a baby than it is to work most jobs now i have not worked every job but i will say it, it can be really challenging and so it's okay sometimes to have to put work off to take care of your family but also it's okay to have you know ask for help you know we have get get a babysitter if you're able to afford it or enlist a family member or a friend that can help watch so you can focus on work and then not feel bad about that because at the end of the day when you have a child there's this expectation that your entire world revolves around that child and it does and it will but you're also still a human being and the best way that you can be a good parent and provide a stable life and a good home i believe is by also being a happy well-rounded person and so if that means for you having a job and keeping up a career and trying to figure out getting in a little bit of exercise every day then that's just as important as all of the time that you will spend with your child yeah i love that that's extremely uh valid in every way <laughs> just don't <laughs> just don't judge yourself right like sometimes yeah you Sometimes you might have to miss something, um, but. And don't. people are more understanding than you realize. I think like, especially, yeah. I think we have the benefit of in this post COVID world where people work from home and, you know, you see all the bloopers on TV with like the BBC newscaster is like at home. And then like his kid walks in the room while he's like on a live television broadcast. It's like people are more understanding about like, we're also humans too. And like, if there was a positive that came out of the pandemic and it's hard to find a positive. It would be this kind of like work, personal and professional lives, like kind of got blended together where it's like, we aren't just living to work anymore. You know, like that's not what we're doing. And so it's like, if you have to have a mix of both, if one thing has to kind of be put lower than the other on a priority list, nothing is forever. And so mm -hmm. accepting that and like being okay with it, it doesn't make you a bad employee or a bad parent. If in the moment you need to choose and that's just kind mm -hmm. of 
what you have to do. And any employer that gives you grief about that, like you're probably not the right job. Yeah, move on, start your own business. Exactly, <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> um, no, I think that's I think that's a great point. Um, well, I have, uh, I, always, I always let people at the end um, kind of ask me any question that they want. Uh, anything that comes to their mind or something that they want insight on. So now, and you can, you can ask me a question, whatever you want, it could pertain to nothing or Amy and I or business, (laughs) whatever it is. What do you hope people walk away from when they listen to your podcast episodes, when you pick guests and when you do your freestyles, Mm -hmm. what is it that you want people to take away after they're done listening to your episodes? Um, so I think the podcast guests and the freestyles have different goals. Um, the freestyle is definitely more of an insight into Dylan's life, um, Dylan's thought processes, and usually they're more, um, you know, sound bites. They're six to 12 minute sound bites on a specific topic. So it might just be more like educational. Um, and it might just be more, uh, what I'm dealing with, um, one is like scientific, how do I apply um, this thought process to my life? Like, okay, everyone knows cold therapy helps cool, but like, how am I going to fit it into my life? Or, um, you know, when traveling, how to stay healthy, here's, you know, seven to 12 minutes of like practical information that you can apply. Um, or there's the, Hey, I'm a human. And like, I deal with the same shit that you deal with. So, uh, you know, anxiety is something that you know, dealt with about it so that you don't feel alone on your journey or like, hey, like Dylan's running his own business and he's doing this and things are getting better. And like, he, but he's not talking about this, right? Because I feel like a lot of people will just spit out the good and not talk about the, like the real stuff, you know, what's going on. Um, so those have kind of two different end goals practical information that you can apply um and then the idea of everybody um is going through the same stuff and me specifically because the third version of that is having a conversation with another guest and that goal is to allow people to realize everyone has a story everyone has come from something has gone through a lot and has made the most of it Um, And it's more inspirational. And it's an idea of there's so many different types of people in this world. And everyone has a deck of cards that they're handed and you have to play those cards. Um, So make the most of it. And that's kind of how I've differentiated. You know, the guest is we're here to talk about their story, what they go through, how they've made the most of it. The freestyle is for me to talk about um, my story, what I'm going through in real time. Uh, and I'm glad you asked that question because I don't think anyone else has. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, my I interview people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> you you can give me a grade after this, and you can yeah, tell that me was how good great. I, that was really I am good. Or not. Uh, <laughs> well, I meant I meant in terms of interviewing you. How good I, how good <laughs> no, I this was wonderful. I've prepared. really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed this. It was nice <laughs> to. It was nice to think about some of the the other career things. You know, I think that we get so, we're always thinking about like where we're going and what we're going to do next. 
that like we don't remember or, or we tend not to always think about like where we came from and that's just as important and so I, I, I've appreciated kind of the walk down memory lane and remembering how much cooler I was in my early 20s compared to what I am now. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. So Don't thanks. Worry. I'm depressed uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in it to, to bring it full circle, um, what you said about like reflecting, um, I've had people come on here who have just put their head down and like battled, 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 and have accomplished a lot, but them having given themselves the credit. So I've had people, when I start to ask and I start to poke and prod on like what they've come through or gone through, um, I've had people cry on the show, just like talking about what they've experienced and how they've gotten over it. Um, and I think that's something else that I really seek out. Like you seek out people who, you want to work with as an agency that like you can talk to and agree with and have, you know, a good time just, you know, building a relationship with. And the same thing with people who I talk to on the podcast, I seek out people who um, I, I can tell have, you know, depth to them and, and have gone through something that, <clears throat> or, or just, you know, created something um, that has a story behind it. And like, they, they deserve to feel like, you know, I got through this. So um, I've always, you know, I, I even said last week to you, I think I said, um, uh, I'll just kind of lead you in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, just allowing, watch their brain work on like, oh, like I've gone through this or like, this is what I used to do. And like, here I am now, and this is how it helped. Um, watching people through that is, is fulfilling for me too. Um, cause then it, it pushes me, um, as well. Like I always leave a conversation after a podcast wanting to like, I just want to go to work. Um, and that usually carries on for about 48 to 72 hours. And then I feel like I need to do another podcast. But, um, <laughs> Good. That's nice. That's like a recharge. <laughs> but it is, yeah, exactly. No, it is. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's always been, it's, it's fun for me on that spectrum too, to just have a deep conversation with people. I don't think it's done enough. I don't think people just sit and talk enough anymore. Um, and you know, we're in a soundbite age, we're in a headline age. So nothing, not that I saw the age before this, but um, nothing is like, <laughs> nothing is super deep. Nothing has any content to it um, or context to it, I should say. Uh, so I like to just make sure that people can like talk about their story, convey their ideas, and then be able to do so without feeling like it's got to be super quick and perfect and like, there's there's no human element to it you know well i would give you an a today was great well, thank you <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it um if people wanted to reach out to you if people wanted to learn more about your agency um and the work you do um or the companies that you work with uh where can they find all of those things so you can uh reach out to me on instagram at megan harris tv and you can also send me an email, Megan at thetropicalagency.com. Cool. Perfect. Do you guys have a website or no? Yeah, it's thetropicalagency.com. Yeah. And definitely check it out because we did a full rebrand and all of that earlier this year. And it was very, we hired an agency to do it. And it was a really big <laughs> undertaking and we're super proud of it. So everybody go cool. check it out. Please see how pretty it is. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it.
Um, I'm sure everyone got something out of it. Um, I know I definitely learned a little bit more about you uh, and specifically about what you're doing day to day, which is even cooler. Um, if I'm being completely transparent, um, PR agency didn't hold like a lot of space in my head. I didn't really know like what to make of like what that looks like. Sure. Um, because I've always just heard like media agency versus PR agency. Um, and I guess it would kind of overlap, but I've never really put, you know, like the time into like, look at what it would be doing. <laughs> so, uh, I definitely learned a lot. I appreciate time. your transparency. Yeah, no, I mean, just being it's like, just what being do you do? <laughs> I knew, you know, we were talking about it, but um, in terms of like day to day, what you do. Oh, of course. Um, Sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know why people trust you either, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, awesome. I, I really appreciate um, your time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, everyone who's listening, as always, remember, um, I am, we are, life is limitless. Until next time, enjoy. Adios.